Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, and happy bonus episode day here on She Built This. Um, I often go back and forth on doing these little bonus episodes. Here's the thing. Sometimes there's stuff going on behind the scenes that I really want to share with you and pull out the lessons and nuggets from, if you will. And having just four podcasts publishing Wednesdays in the month of February is simply not enough. Um, And then sometimes I bite off a topic like connection and it turns out it's just way too much to chew and it gets my wheels spinning and in idea overdrive and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do another episode. And then sometimes something related to the topic comes up that I just couldn't have anticipated and I'm like, oh my God, it's so relevant. They must know about it. And then sometimes it's all three. Um, But at the same time that I desperately want to bring you a bonus episode, I also worry. Like, what if you just don't care? Or what if your podcast queue is filled up with podcasts that you have to get to and who has the time to listen to this one? Who wants a bonus? What if you're only here for my guest episodes? And when it's just a little old me, you're like, eh, skip that one. No, thank you. Um, My show has been getting a lot of new listeners lately, which has been super, super exciting. And I don't want to ruin that by boring you to death with the bonus episodes. And then I also ask myself like, oh no, what if you just don't care about the behind the scenes and all you want is the tactical practical tips and tools so round and round the mental roller coaster I go but you know what this is why I did it because I believe two things to be true well technically I believe a lot more than that to be true but in this instance there are two things I believe are true and you can apply these to yourself as well first of all I believe that you are a grown-up and you can make your own decision whether or not you want to listen so if you don't want to listen you don't need to listen I personally love podcasting. It is my way of expressing myself and sharing ideas and curiosities and life with you. And I also happen to love listening to podcasts. When I find a podcast host that I love, I will listen to just about anything they want to talk about. No joke, these two podcasters I listened to recently, I really love them, and I'm getting into their show, they talked about the texture of avocados and bananas for a solid 30 minutes. And I was like, I am here for this conversation. Now that's just me. Um, But here's the thing, if an episode is not for you, and you never want to really get personal with me, you can just remove the download, bless, release, goodbye. Secondly, I am a believer that one of the ways to build connection with people who are interacting with your content is to keep true to what's on and in your heart. And I also think that those things come up for a reason, right? Like I can give you four main types of content to share with your people to create connection. I can talk to you about understanding the demographics and psychographics of your ideal client and using your content to create connection that way. But at the end of the day, there's no formula. There's no strategy for creating connection for how you really do it. It just happens when we show up authentically, and I I know that word is so damn overused, but it happens when we show up from our heart, sometimes for no reason other than just to share 
and be like, this is who I am. Sometimes it's not a tip. It's not a resource. It's not a tool. It's not a framework. Sometimes it's just a story or a life experience that gives somebody on the other side listening or reading or engaging with your content the permission to raise their hand and say, you know what? I feel less alone because that is happening to me too. Recently, someone in my small group program, which we just wrapped up, um, the Marketing Momentum Lab, went through this same thing around sharing something that she'd had as an experience. She got all up in her head about it, worrying nobody would care and why bother sharing. And we were all sitting there listening to her story. We were like, that was a great story. And it had a fantastic takeaway. Like you really should share it. And in fact, her just sharing that story with our group, it sparked every single person in the group to come up with a similar story of their own. So they all very much, like it was a lifetime example of how much they related with what she, to what she was sharing. So on that note, that's how I end up talking myself into doing these bonus episodes, into sharing some more of these more personal stories. And I'm going to pretend that I'm me giving her advice and take my own advice and then just go for it. And as I do in these episodes, these peaks behind the scenes, when I go to share some of these stories, I want to ask myself at the end of it, like, how can it help you? What can I share that will tie back to you? Because in, in my world, that's the essence of connection. It's really marrying what's happening inside me my lived experience, my thoughts, my feelings with yours, right? And then it's like we have this little bridge between us connecting us together. It's wonderful. If you go through this struggle too, when it comes to sharing, maybe it will be helpful to have heard all of that backstory so you can know that that little voice in your head, that exists for all of us. And you can maybe start talking to yourself like you would talk to somebody else and say, go for it. And if it flops, it flops. Like, let's also not put so much pressure on just one piece of content, right? My other opinion is that if we're not failing, we're not trying. So sometimes you just got to throw a little spaghetti at the wall and hope that it sticks. And that is why I decided to listen to the little voice in my head, not always in my best interest, mind you, and record this bonus episode. Uh, episode? Episode for you. Um, pep talk over for both of us. You're welcome. Okay, let's get into story time. And then I'm going to walk you through the takeaways. But real quick, if this is your first time listening, I don't want to scare you away with this one. So I'm going to introduce myself so that you can get a better understanding of who I am and what we usually get into on this podcast. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer, host of this podcast, also leader of the free She Built This Community, which is for women entrepreneurs. I live in New Hampshire. I have a dog named Clyde, a husband named Jason. I'm an auntie, and I'm almost always in the middle of two books at once and buying another one at the same time, even though I haven't even close to made a dent in that stack on my nightstand yet. I also want to really quick read um, another review of the week because like I said last in my last episode, they are coming in hot and it's kind of exactly what I'm talking about in reassuring me that, hey, this bonus episode is okay and people like the conversations. Um, so this conversation or this review is from Morgan and she says, I found this podcast through my past business coach, Erin Morgan, and I was instantly hooked. The guests Emily has on the show always bring a new perspective and I found some of my favorite leaders to follow through this podcast. Yay. Each episode is a great balance of actionable tips and relatable conversation. 
There's that magic keyword there. Um, the perfect soundtrack to my work days and dog walks. Morgan, thank you so much for your review. I listen to podcasts on my dog walks too. Um, but I really, really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful to you for listening. And as always, I welcome and encourage reviews. They mean the absolute world to me. Okay, story time, as promised. I think that this story starts out with what I had set out to do this year, 2023. My focus this year is really on going deeper, not wider, on conversations, topics, uh, relationships, client projects, and then just my own personal growth. Looking back at last year, I was everywhere. I was saying yes to everyone. I was trying to be everybody's good friend. I was trying to show up all the places, say yes to all the clients. I think I ended up with 44 clients total by the end of the year. And I also said yes to a lot of podcast guests that maybe were not 100% a good fit, but I felt obligated in some way or another. So January... That was going to be the month I reined it all in. I was going to start saying no to lots of people and putting up these boundaries and focusing solely on reconnecting with relationships I wanted to foster. I was planning to get way ahead of my content and really plan, really strategize, really organize, like get my act together and get super ahead. And I had all these little projects and collaborations I was going to just set in motion for the first quarter. But January came around and it was kind of slow and kind of weird in relation to clients, like oddly slow, especially when I compared it to New Year's of past years. And you know what? I said, no worries. This happens. Like I always believe that the time and space in my business is for a reason, I'll use this time to plan. Um, I'm enrolled in an SEO course for copywriters now with Erin Alilla, who's actually been on my show. And that was really like helping me wrap my mind around my planning and content process as well. But I never ended up getting out of my own way when it came to mapping it all out and making progress because I had clients start picking up in the middle of the month and then the projects were just keeping me super busy. I had calls like, almost every single day, and then just like little surprises that kept popping up for me. <laughs> some good, some not so good. Um, so sort of all of that like herky-jerky, up and down pace. I think that's why, but I can't be exactly sure. January was just like a really hard month for me emotionally. I don't have a really good of explaining a uh, good way of explaining it. I just kind of struggled. Like I was just on the struggle bus, as they say. I struggled to stay positive. I wasn't taking time for myself. I didn't really have a grip on my schedule and my organization and my organization. And I felt scattered and all over the place. And I didn't really feel good about my business. I was just starting to feel like all over the place again. And like I was spreading myself too thin. And some of it was just really due to me having bad boundaries, which I will be getting into in this episode a little bit. But the month of January really like ended with a total calendar explosion, if you will. And I felt like I was hanging on for dear life as my business picked up fast and furiously. 
So simultaneously at the end of the month, my Nana passed away up in Maine and I went up there to be with my mom when it initially happened. And then I had to travel back later that week for the funeral. Jason and I both went for that. So a lot of my careful planning and like the strategy, it went even further by the wayside. And here's where I am about to get slightly personal. I promise I'll bring it back. I promise. Just hang in there with me. Um, My Nana meant a lot to a lot of people. Each of us 12 grandkids had our own really unique relationship with her. And she also had seven kids to boot. Like my mom has six siblings. Um, My Nana was one of the first babysitters I ever had. And she took care of me a ton when my mom was a single mom and worked and raised me. Uh, She would drive me and my Auntie Hannah, who's, who's five years older than me, all around Maine on all these adventures when we were kids. And as an adult, I've spent a lot of time on the phone with my Nana. I've spent a lot of time sitting next to her in her recliner in her living room where she has told me story after story, sometimes admittedly the same stories over and over again about the life that she has lived. The funeral was large and it was in the church actually that my parents got married in and some lady in my memory reached behind her pew one Sunday when I was a little kid and gave me a pack of Teddy Grahams. Um, I was also baptized in that church so it holds a lot of history for me personally but as far as funerals go it was like ever so slightly impersonal for my liking. Now I tend to prefer a funeral that shares a lot of positive memories about the person and really speaks about who they were, recognizes all the great things about them. But this was just, it sort of felt a little bit templated. It felt pre-programmed. And anyway, a funeral isn't really my personal first choice for processing feelings and getting closure. So uh, that's sort of why I love them as that container for memories and beautiful things about the person who who it was about. Um, but this just wasn't that. So that said, I'm I'm of course glad I went. And as I was sharing this with my friend Christina Granahan, she gave me a really great spin on this and reminded me of this that a funeral is really a way to show up for people. It is a way for everyone to show up in a powerful way for one another and like connect. And I thought that was such good advice. And it kept my mind in a really good place the entire time. And when we were driving there um, to the actual church, I was one car of many siblings, many grandkids, many kids in this processional. And as we were driving there, I really felt that. I really felt that sense of showing up in a powerful way. I felt this deep sense of connection to my family, like actually being a part of something so interwoven and bigger than me. It was just like this web of people. And it was, I I mean, this is hard to describe, but it was just like a really crazy feeling. Um, So after the funeral, we went to my Nana and Grampy's house, just family and some random people that were not invited, but came anyway. And I have to tell you, it was a moment where everybody just kind of put the politics and drama aside and they chatted and connected and it was really wonderful to be together and and that's where we got to share more stories of my nana and someone read like a really proper piece written for her that was that was very moving um my niece charlotte oh my niece charlotte like what a peanut i could have just stayed glued to her for 20 more bazillion hours i just didn't want her to let her go um so 
after that experience, as I was driving home, I just felt this sense of connection. And like, I wouldn't even consider myself to be super close with my family. I mean, I adore them all to the moon and back, but I don't think that they feel the same. I actually think it's a little complicated because of like how deeply I, the weirdo, feel things and I like want to talk about them and share them with them. And I think they're like, um, we don't know what to do with you. So I have a lot of like love for all of those people. And I think honestly, that's just what I was feeling. And that's what was happening when I was driving home. So after that, uh, the next day was Friday and I'm doing all my little things to get back on track, right? Like, ah, order and calm again. And now is the time I will start with this perfect plan. I had an open office hours for She Built This. Um, I ran an awesome session, if I do say so myself, on that Friday for my Marketing Momentum Lab people. And I set some time aside on the weekend to catch up on work stuff. End of the day Friday, my dad calls me. Now, my dad never calls me. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I should say he only calls me when something's wrong. (laughs) And something was wrong. The day after the funeral, that Friday, my grampy died suddenly. His heart stopped. And yes, he and my Nana were married. It was a truly, I think, a a death of a broken heart. And he just did not want to be without her. It was like actually very romantically tragic, like very Romeo and Juliet. And someday I'll tell you this story in its fullness too. But my grampy is really the one I credit with giving me this entrepreneurial and sometimes stubborn. No, let's not go with stubborn. Let's go with determined streak. Uh, My grampy owned and operated the store called the Vegetable Corner. It was a general store which my Nana started actually by selling strawberries and pies on the side of the road for years. And I worked for him a summer. And I knew after that summer of working for my grampy that someday I wanted a vegetable corner of my own. I wanted a place people could come and feel like family and reconnect at the beginning and the end of each day and just be like treated like gold. Because my grampy, he had customer service down pat and he poured his heart and soul into that place and you could feel it walking in. So as the eldest grandkid, um, I did write some things about both of them to hopefully share at his funeral or maybe his after party if we have one. And they did end up scheduling the funeral for a week after my Nana's. Same church, same time. I swear to God, it was like Groundhog Day. But listen, because this is where the plot thickens. It continues to thicken. That weekend, my husband and I woke up sick as dogs over here. I mean, you name a symptom, one of us had it. Fever, chills, nausea, headache, headache like you freaking read about, Um, congestion. I'm trying to think of what else, but like that's how it started. And then it just built from there. And lo and behold, I'm sitting there. I'm feeling awful. I'm like, I'm just going to take a COVID test in the off chance that we have it. Because you know what? Somebody was coughing a little bit at the funeral. And that test took about five whopping seconds before it was like positive. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) It was a little surreal. Like all the times I've taken one of those tests and I've just been sure I had it. I've been sure I was sick and I've waited the 15 minutes squinting in that thing and being like, hmm, I wonder if it's positive or negative. This was most definitely positive in like 
two seconds. And Jason, Jason and my symptoms just like took off from there. I mean, it was an absolute blur of a weekend. Come Monday, I was still way too weak to get off the couch. I canceled my calls. I did the bare minimum. I was on the phone for a little while on Monday. I have no idea what I said. I feel very bad for the people I have conversations with because I'm like, no clue what happened in that conversation. Um, I lost my taste, my smell, I had stomach stuff, and I was just like drained. And most of my family did get it. Uh, We hosted a super spreader. We hosted a super spreader. But Jason and I got it the worst. Many other people just got like colds and sniffles and coughs. And I tell you what, in those moments, I went from feeling very connected to everyone in my family to feeling very angry, very frustrated. I was extremely overwhelmed and I just wanted to disconnect if I'm honest. Um, I felt very disconnected from a lot of things. I felt disconnected from my She Built This community, from my work and creativity. I felt disconnected from my brain. It was like scary up there. (laughs) And I was having very little patience. I noticed when people would ask me for things they could have easily Googled or like, I don't need to be handling this. Whereas usually I love helping with something like that. Um, I also felt like, you know, even though Jason and I were like side by side in this, uh, most of the time we were actually like sitting next to each other or lying next to each other, going through it together. It was really hard to connect. Like our brains weren't working right and it was foggy and all of that just, it just really took me down and started leaving me feeling depressed even as we were starting to feel better. So some good news. You need some good news. I just brought you into all the dark places. And now I'm going to show you the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to offer my takeaways and my encouragements to you. The good news is that we did recover. Um, After a week, we were starting to feel much better. At the time of recording this, I still haven't gotten my taste and smell back. You can probably still hear I'm congested, but I think it's starting to come back. I like doused my dinner in cayenne pepper the other night, and I, I at least knew that there was something unpalatable on the plate, so I feel like that's good progress. Um, My grandpa's funeral did end up getting rescheduled to this upcoming Thursday, February 23rd. And the silver lining in that date shift is actually that one of my brothers who was not going to be able to come up for it, um, he's able to come up for it. So we will have every sibling from my immediate family. And I think that's going to be a really great gift. Um, And I, of course, got through the overwhelm and I survived, but The first two weeks of February were a little bit of a blur for me. And as always, I try to find the lesson in every single life event because A, what else can you do besides laugh? What else can you do besides find the lesson, right? And B, I just believe that there's always a lesson. Like there is always a lesson. So here it is. For me as a business owner, a friend, a wife, a daughter, all the other things that I am, here are my lessons. First of all, there is very little that's more important than our health. We take it for granted. I take it for granted, like just how healthy I am, how good I feel, how delicious things taste, how fast my brain fires, and the health of others around me too. 
But here's the thing. Our health is paramount because these bodies we're walking around in, they are responsible for helping us to get to where we want to go and need to go. They are a key tool for connecting with other people. And the healthier we are, the more that we can foster connection with other people. So please, from my heart to yours, whatever you have to do to take care of yourself on a regular basis to stay healthy, that I just want to make my like entrepreneurial battle cry right now. Like we have got to prioritize our mental and physical health and well-being if we want to show up our best in our businesses, do our best work, and just enjoy it far, far more. Secondly, um, the second lesson I really gleaned, gleamed, I never know what which word you're supposed to say. The second lesson was in showing up for others. I was really careful at first about who I told I was sick. I don't like to complain and I don't like to cancel stuff or be flaky. So I really only told my best friends. Um, I like to be the person who follows through on what I say I'm going to do. And I always want to be there for people. I always want to be a good friend and give others support. But it got to a point where I was like, I can't. I have nothing left. Like the well has run dry. And so I had to kind of start being honest and letting the cat out of the bag. Like I said, there were really close friends and confidants I told, but there were other tertiary people that I eventually had to tell and blow my cover because I just was not able to do what they needed me to do in that moment. It was just all too crazy. And that said, I was blown away at all the people who reached out, checked in on me and Jason, and showed up. Like someone in my marketing momentum lab, Emma Bizricki, sent me a care package full of tea, a blanket, a candle, tissues, which by the way, we really needed, (laughs) and a really special and meaningful keepsake. My sister-in-law, Sarah, she ran errands for us and got us essentials like toothpaste, which would have been very disgusting to run out of. Um, Plus, she also just... People just kept checking in so diligently, like checking in on my emotions and our symptoms. And for me, I learned this incredibly valuable lesson in what showing up for others looks like and how we can stay connected through the hard stuff and what that really means for somebody. And I was like, whoa, I want to be sure to be that person for others too, because It goes beyond a long way. I mean, there's not even words. So thirdly, capacity and boundaries. I want to have this conversation more deeply soon with you, but I learned a really important lesson about capacity and also setting boundaries. So often in my life, when I think about setting boundaries, like I shared with you at the beginning, I I set out with the boundary like firmly in place. And then someone asked me for something and I burned down the entire thing. So I've had this conversation with a couple business owners now, and the best part is they've had different perspectives. But for me, it's been really helpful to reframe the word boundaries as asking myself instead what I have capacity for. Boundaries for me have always like when I actually say it and like try to implement them, they always feel a little cold and selfish and like I'm disconnecting from someone or pushing them away or creating distance. So instead, 
I've started to really think about this from like, oh, this is actually about my capacity. This is about how fully I can show up and be present with people, not about pushing them away. Protecting my capacity and my boundaries is about making it so that I don't resent what I'm taking on and how much, right? So here's another interesting thing. Like I always thought boundaries were firm and fast. Capacity is a set number. Like I can take on X amount of clients per month, blah, blah, blah. But capacity and setting boundaries actually shift and change as we do. Sometimes we have a lot of energy and a lot of time to give. We can give and give and give and give and give and it's okay. Like we have more energy to tap into even after all that outpouring. And sometimes we just give a little tiny bit and we're like, whoa, white flag of surrender. I am tapped out. There's nothing else in the reservoir. I've got no more capacity. So that's something I'm learning too. And like I said, I want to get into that down the road, but just like how important it is to remember that protecting your boundaries and capacity, it's not disconnecting or pushing people away. It's opening up the opportunity to actually connect more deeply because you're going to be able to be way more present and way more focused on others when you show up. Lastly, I think we're on fourthly now. Um, I talk all the time about connection, creating connection with your clients as a business owner, creating connection to other business owners. But sometimes something that I really realized this past month is that connection is a way harder nut to crack than I originally thought. And we are not done here by any means. It's like having versus not having your sense of taste and smell. Unless you've lost yours completely, you might have a hard time understanding this, but I'm hoping to help paint a picture. Having no taste or smell actually changes the water temperature when I'm washing my hands. Like maybe this doesn't make sense to you, but it affects my other senses. It affects my spatial relationships and just my like sense of touch and texture in general. It alters the way you shower. I know you're like, wait, what? What does losing your taste and smell have to do with your shower? Like you're not eating the soap, Emily, but there's something about being able to smell that enhances the heat of the water when I'm soaping up my hands and something about being able to smell the shampoo I'm using that makes me like, it makes the shower like more luxurious. It just makes everything, it, it also makes it so that like the texture of what you're eating is just of ultimate importance because everything tastes the same and it's all about like the weight in your mouth and how it feels. And it also creates like a super novelty out of really tart, really bitter, or really sweet because that's really all that you are getting. Um, And while you have memories of how things should taste, you actually aren't able to access the taste for yourself. It's very weird. And I will say it's it's a little depressing. Um, But here's the other piece of this. It also makes it so that like I can't smell my dog. You know, you can't smell those nacho smelling feet, which by the way, not being able to smell my dog has sometimes been a blessing, but I also can't smell my husband. And that's really weird. Like if you have a significant other, you can probably appreciate how odd that is. So I realized in going through this experience is that creating connection with somebody else, it's kind of like what I tried to just describe to you. 
Like, it's kind of like me trying to take this, this thing that's obscure, like having no taste or whatever concept is banging around in our brains and trying to explain it tangibly in a way that the person listening or the person reading can actually feel and understand it for themselves. Connection is how we create that bridge. And it is not a perfect science or easy formula. Like I said at the beginning, sometimes you really have to feel it to understand it. So here's my question for the day, the thought-provoking question of the day. How do you get them to feel connection as much as possible? Like, for example, as a business owner in our content, how do we get people to feel connected to what we're sharing? And I think it starts with stuff like this. It starts with sharing stories, examples, experiences, anecdotes, things that will help somebody else when they're listening or reading to say, you know what, Emily, I get it too. Like my entire family has been hit with illnesses. Babysitters have been flaking out on us left and right this month. I have family members going through hard things. I'm taking care of aging parents. I'm watching really stuff, watching really hard stuff happen on the news. And I'm just trying to keep my business going and afloat and stay passionate while I do. Like I get it because I've been on the struggle bus too. My experience is by no means unique. The entire country has gone through this and so many people have experienced what I did. And here's the thing, I think that in each of us sharing, not just like our COVID woes, but just our woes in general, I really think that that can be how we come together and how we can create more connection. We can get a little vulnerable at times and let other people know that we're human and it's okay for them to be human too. So now to wrap up my content writing takeaway for you and an invitation because I can't not give you a content writing takeaway. When you're sitting down to create your next piece of content, whether it's for social media or an email or a podcast episode, I want to challenge you to share a little piece of yourself. Connect something going on in your world and your life to what your clients on the other side might be experiencing right now. And I also want to encourage you to write and create it like you're speaking to just one of them, like you're speaking to one person, like you are having a conversation with somebody on the other side who needs to hear your story, your words, your encouragement right now, today. Just speak to their hearts. In putting this together, I've had you, like yes, you, in my mind the entire time, even as I ramble along in my own little story, I'm asking myself, how can I bring this back to you? And I encourage you to do the same when it comes to your own content as you strive to create connection. Um, And lastly, I want to give you one more invitation. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, or every ever so slightly a few days after, it's not too late. If you're looking for a cozy knit space where you will find more connection with other entrepreneurs going through what you're going through, riding the struggle bus, I encourage you to hop in and join us for our first She Built This Group peer group session of the new year. In the peer groups, it is like a group think tank. It is accountability. It is support. It is your own personal little mastermind, and we're kicking off the week of February 27th, so it's after-school vacation for all of you moms, and I do have two more groups that have space in them, 
So Mondays at 2 o'clock, that's led by the ever-organized Jamie Chapman. And Wednesdays at 3 o'clock, which is led by me, yours truly. I'm keeping my Wednesday afternoon group like super small and cozy. So I only have two more spots left. And Jamie has only two more spots left on Mondays. And as I'm recording this, that is bound to change because we filled up the others uh, lickety split. The peer groups are $120, $120 a person for six weeks of that accountability, that group think, that support from fellow woman entrepreneurs. And I'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes. And I think that's it. But I say all of this to say, I hope that if you are having a rough start or a weird start to your 2023, which is something I have heard from a whole lot of you, I hope that you are going easy on yourself and you're just extending like the utmost of self-compassion and grace. Know that I'm here to help you with anything that you need. And I think that our luck is going to pick up from here. I really, really do. So I'll see you back here this Wednesday, February 22nd, for an episode I have coming out with Lindsay Taylor, my great friend and collaborator. We are dishing up a conversation about connection, which I think you're absolutely going to love. And we also have a big secret that we're announcing. So on that note, thank you as always for listening. And I hope that you have a great weekend and a great week ahead. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org. 